0: What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, I got to tell you about our friends over at Green Mountain Dental, the best damn family-owned dentistry in the Denver metro area, and they're part of our family, so make them part of your family by checking them out. You have to go to the dentist anyway, so why not go to someone that you're going to be able to talk Colorado sports with, someone that's already part of our DNVR family, and someone that will treat you like family by giving you a gift the gift of a free Sonicare toothbrush. When you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, you'll get a free Sonicare toothbrush from our friends over at Green Mountain Dental. So make sure to check them out. They're a longtime partner of ours, and supporting our partners is supporting us. And they're only a 15-minute drive from downtown Denver. So check them out over at Green Mounted Dental and schedule that cleaning, x-ray, and exam. Get yourself a free Sonicare toothbrush. All right, Mace, let's hop into the show. Number one for
1: the one and all. DNVR Two goes out to Zach May's arcade. At the bar. Three for Mr. B in that old trophy case. None for we're still waiting for. Well, bring on the chase. Out on the field at Mile High. Broncos win is our side. Couple with brick Brew, and a friend bleed orange and blue to the bitter. Come and join us.
0: welcome into the DNVR Broncos podcast on this wonderful Wednesday this whiteboard Wednesday I'm your host Zach Stevens, joined by my man Andrew Mason before we hop into the show gotta tell you a couple of things if you're joining us on Twitter or Periscope make sure to hop over to YouTube you get a better stream there the chat's more fun helps us out more if you're on YouTube please hit us with a like if you're joining us live we would really really appreciate it. subscribe turn on alerts so you know every time that we go live and also I got to tell you about our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online. We're over at MSU Denver Online. They put a dynamic education at your fingertips without forcing you to decide between earning a degree and living your life. MSU Denver is the Colorado institution that provides rigorous and affordable online programs taught by professors who bring the real world into the classroom so you can continue to live your life while continuing uh, while continuing to get that education. So check out all of the classes that they have going on. Over at MSU Denver Online, my boy Mace, what is shaking, my friend? Hey, as Von Miller would say, howdy. <laughs> and yes, he would.
2: Semi-appropriate to bring up Von Miller today, since we're talking about his ex-rushing compliment, Bradley Chubb, and, uh, and also it's interesting to bring up Von Miller in talking about Bradley Chubb because if Chubb misses the next four games, he will have missed as many games to injury in just four seasons as Von
0: Miller has in 10 going on 11 seasons. Oh, man, and Mace, that just really puts it into perspective and he's going to miss the next four games. Of course, news breaking from Bradley Chubb himself yesterday that he is going an arthroscopic procedure to remove bone spurs in his ankle. He already had this procedure done on the other ankle earlier this year. Now he's having it in the ankle that's been bothering him for the past couple of weeks. Mace, right now there's no time frame him, we'll hopefully find out more today after the procedure's done. But the way that Bradley's talking about it, that sources are are talking about it, and the conversations I've had is they're viewing a return this year, which to me says they're not looking at uh, you know a short three-week absence. Yeah. They're not even looking at an eight-game absence to bring him back after the buy. They're they're looking really at the back end of this season for him to come back, and boy that is just brutal
2: yeah it depends on the nature of the spurs what they find kind of what impact they're having and uh that that's that's why you have the surgery here the interesting thing is the methodology used before this which was okay just rest treatment non surgical options this is actually pretty typical for bone spurs in kind of the ankle area but eventually you know Bradley Chubb kept talking about a stabbing pain, and think about having that stabbing pain every time your foot hits the ground, and you can't. And eventually, if that if that persists, that shows you non-surgical options don't work. So, really now, even though if you're very very lucky, you're talking about four weeks. Reality is probably he's going to end up missing six to eight. I'd say worst case scenario is he misses 10, but it would not at all surprise me if we're not talking about Bradley Chubb being back until either (laughs) after that Thursday night mini buy following Cleveland or Mm. even after the bye itself Mm. in November.
0: Yeah, Mace, I have my eyes. I I guess I'm preparing for much worse than you are. Look, when Bradley Chubb had Mm -hmm. this surgery done on the other foot, uh, on the other ankle earlier this year, he missed 11 weeks of football Mm -hmm. now could they have rushed him back if it was, wasn't was just during training camp and the off-season program? Probably, but didn't we just learn don't rush anyone back, especially Bradley Chubb? There should be no rushing him back from this. So for me, that's why I'm saying, okay, I'm taking that 11-week timeline. Mm-hmm. And sure, you're, you're right. The the bone spurs could be not as bad, and the nature of them could make it so he could mm-hmm. come back faster, and maybe that's why he it's going to be a six- to eight-week timeline. But for me – I'm seeing 11 games as a minimum or 11 weeks as a minimum which should be about 10 games which would be more than half the season. I'm really just viewing December for when Bradley Chubb comes back and uh, how big of a blow is this mace, whether it's six, eight weeks or you know they're they're without him until week 14.
2: It's not a, it's not a death blow unless you have another injury there. Now basically what's happened is you've you've evaporated your depth. Yep. You're fine starting Malik Reed for the next six, eight, ten weeks, however long it goes. He had
0: more sacks than Chubb last year. He did.
2: The other thing also about Bradley Chubb, the 11-week time frame of the offseason, is it might have been a lesser time frame if you hadn't had that huge gap between OTAs and camp. Let's say camp had just immediately followed OTAs. It's possible you would have been talking about him having those days in practice that worked him back to full strength coming earlier he was probably ready for those days to get back to full strength before camp started but that's just that's yeah. just rehab i mean yeah. that, that
0: that's that's something that yeah. just needs time to heal so i personally don't yeah. think like the time off that that he because he could still yeah. rehab in the building
2: he could rehab but at the same time they didn't have the opportunity to te- to test him out in practice situations quasi game situations. personally I don't I don't yeah, I think I don't think it would have been healed. for yeah I know I don't think it would have been 11 weeks if it had happened during the season is what I'm saying because because there wasn't the opportunity for them to say okay let's work him up until the end of July so oh. that's and that's why I think we're probably looking at at six to eight weeks kind of in the bullseye four to ten weeks is kind of the is the wider range.
0: Well, I, I hope you're, I hope you're right Mace and we're going to find out more uh, soon, but I just hope that they've learned their lesson of not to rush him back with this because let's say he, he, I mean, we know he's going to miss at least a month and he's very likely going to go on IR today, probably. uh, So he'll be out a guaranteed three weeks. I think it's going to be much longer than that, but it just doesn't make sense to try to bring him back in, in week 10 and then risk another injury where you can get him close to 100% healthy if he's out until week 14. That's the way I would approach it because I would just learn from what just happened with him. But credit to Bradley Chubb for playing through this pain, trying to play through it. Obviously, this was huge for the Broncos to get him back, uh, to try and get the Vaughn and Chubb duo back. uh, And also big for Bradley. Yes, the Broncos did pick up his fifth-year option. He's under contract for the next season at 12, was it 12-8? Uh, I -hmm. believe, for an outside linebacker. So he's going to get paid next year. But Mace, Bradley Chubb could could have gotten a big extension, a huge extension. I mean, we just saw the extension T.J. Watt got. Now, as of right now, Bradley Chubb wasn't going to get that sort of deal where what are we talking, $27 million a year, I think is what T.J. Watt's getting. But it's not crazy to say if Chubb had come out and in the first eight games of the season he had six sacks, he he probably would be signing a 20 million dollar uh 5 year 100 million dollar deal 50 60 million mm-hmm. guaranteed 20 million dollars a year and now obviously that is completely put off to the mm-hmm. side now and if it's not if they do want to talk contract extension that number has significantly dropped and then of course for the Broncos they lose the production they lose a pro bowl player from last year so just i mean terrible for both ends of this
2: yeah and just think about let's say he misses the next Say misses the next six games here, and you're literally talking about a player who will have missed 21 games over four seasons, and, yeah. and specifically 21 games in the last three because he played all 16 games. And you mentioned Vaughn Miller. Uh, th- that combination, the Miller-Chubb comp- combo, the pairing that was supposed to transform uh, the Broncos' defense and get them back to the salad days of, of resembling what they did in the mid-2010s, uh, in the end, we saw him for, you know, 16 games in 2018. We saw him for four games in in uh, 2019, no games in 2020, and uh, only one this year. So you're basically looking at 21 games when these guys had a chance to work together, plus whatever you add on at the end of this season, if and when Chubb returns, but... Oh, I mean, it's it's unfortunate, and and given the injury history, which pre by the way, it predates him being a Bronco because he tore his ACL years before the Broncos drafted yep, senior him, senior year of high school. Yes, so because of that, you're looking at somebody with two with two ACLs. You're looking at some, somebody who had other knee issues, who's now had had the bone spur issue. I think you'll probably have to think twice before you give him. A contract extension, oh, and this change, and more this, than twice. Think, think about what this changes. It might change your your team your team's desire to, to sign Von Miller. Maybe you think, well, with Chubb not being as healthy, Von still playing well, we have to make sure Von Miller is back yep. for 2022 and beyond. Sign him up before right. the season's over. Right, and then are you? What do you do with Malik Reed? If he plays well the next few games, are you thinking? he is your long-term edge option. Yeah. You, you'll you probably see Jonathan Cooper rotate in as well, which gives you a chance to find out more about him. Is he just a preseason flash, or is he somebody that really can factor in long-term? And you want to find out about Reed and Cooper because if neither of them show that you want them starting for multiple years, or in the case of Malik Reed, getting a contract extension, then you're in the draft pool for edge rushers Probably next year, probably in the first couple of rounds. Mayst- All yeah. this is on the line.
0: I believe yesterday Vic Fangio was asked if Malik Reed is a starting caliber outside linebacker. What mm-hmm. would be your answer to that? Yes. Yep, and that, that would be my yeah. answer too. Now, is he... Uh, what did Vic say? Uh Vic said well I have to look around other teams and see but yeah in terms of you know his caliber of play I think he is. Yes. And I I agree with that. I mean mm-hmm. we saw it last year. He led the team in sacks when when Bradley Chubb was still on the on this team. Now is he a, a guy that's going to get 20 million dollars a year or get a Shaq Barrett 18 million dollars a year and eventually go on and lead the league in sacks? I'm not gonna go out on a limb and say that, but is he is he a good outside linebacker? Yes, so the Broncos are gonna have to decide with this. Do they want the potential to have two top five picks in Bradley Chubb and Von Miller on the edge? Or are they but pay a lot for it and take a lot of risk with both of those guys? Or are they okay with going with the trusty guy, the guy who's good, who's really good and could be great in Malik Reed, but also You know, probably a lower floor and a lower ceiling than those two guys, but save a lot of money and then use that money at some other position. That's Mm -hmm. a decision they're going to have to make, because like you outlined, Mace, three of the four guys that the Broncos have at that position that really play on defense are... All up in the air this year in terms of their future. The only guy who you're locked in is Jonathan Cooper. You don't have to worry about him. But the three guys who you're most worried about and uncon- or or not certain about their future, those are the guys that, that are are the biggest ones for your team. And
2: don't forget Malik Reed, he re- he's a restricted free agent in the spring. So the tender you give matters. Let's let's say over the next few games, let's say let's say Malik Reed has to start the next, Let's say eight games. Let's say eight games. Okay. Now until the buy. He starts. Say that he has six sacks in those eight games. First round tender. Yes, it's not well, the second round. Isn't enough. So that that doesn't mean his price is exorbitant next year because it's only the RFA tender, but it does mean that you're you're spending on him. You're spending on Bradley Chubb's fifth year option. And then if you bring Von Miller back, you're spent. You're spending on him, and then you're also, frankly, starting to plan. What happens beyond 2022? Do you bring Malik Reed back? Yeah. If he comes, if he comes out and plays well the next few games, then you have that RFA, that round one tender. But I'm thinking long and hard about a three year deal for Malik Reed. Yep. Now, and if they do that, then that t- and if they do that and they bring back Von Miller, then the decision on Bradley Chubb has been made.
0: Well and, and so really quick to to just dive into that, Malik Reed in week one when Bradley Chubb was out, played 74% of the defensive snaps. Jonathan Cooper played 28% of the defensive snaps. I kind of expect it mm-hmm. to continue to go that way uh when Bradley Chubb is out. So Malik mm-hmm. Reed's going to have a huge opportunity to get six sacks in eight games or something like that. He's gonna have an opportunity to be potentially competing with Von Miller for the team lead in sacks. Now Vaughn already has a three game or a three sack lead on him, so I don't expect him to catch up, but what, what, so you say that the Broncos aren't going to sign all three of these guys after this season. Is that right?
2: Well, they, 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 they'll all be here potentially in 2022 if Von Miller re-signs. Okay. But do you think but, they uh, would
0: do that? If, if they keep yeah. Bradley Chubb on the 12-8, which they don't have a choice now. Right. Uh, and they pick up the, f- what we'll call it $5 million mm-hmm. for the first-round tender. Yeah.
2: I would say there's a good chance all three are here next year. Yes. Okay. But and it's the year after that. It's 2023 s- where you start having questions.
0: So then, Mace, is this not a big de- Is this injury not a big deal in terms of the future of of all of these guys and the future of this position? If well, you already got them locked up for almost 13 million next year. Next year is really the prove it year for him.
2: Well, not exactly because, like I mentioned, if they decide that they've seen enough of Malik Reed and view him as as a, a long term guy. Then you have a scenario where you could, instead of just giving him the one year tender, you like I said earlier, you add a couple of years onto that, and you maybe get some cap relief in twenty twenty two on Malik Reed's number, get him down, but then have him making more beyond beyond that. You take care of him, and maybe for next year you have a more liberal rotation if all three are there. But you're, the planning at the back of your mind is that in twenty three chubbs walking malik reed becomes a starter and then you have von miller on the other side presumably still in there although you may want to have someone developing you've got jonathan cooper and then someone else in the wings that you've drafted uh continuing to develop there but that could be your mix
0: in very uns uh uh, um unfortunate circumstances this is great news for von miller mace because Mm -hmm. if bradley chubb misses six games he could come back the rest of the season and prove that that he's a Mm -hmm. player and he can get 10 sacks in the final 10 games and the Broncos feel comfortable uh signing him up or at least keeping him for that fifth year option year and letting Von Miller go but the odds of that happening at least right now how I view it aren't very high I think he's gonna be able to show maybe five games this season and then are you gonna go off a five game sample size and say peace Von we got Bradley Chubb I don't think so, mm-hmm. and uh, George Payton's going to have an emphasis on that outside linebacker position, and I don't think he's going to feel comfortable relying on Bradley Chubb to be his number one guy because how can you? The last time he played 16 games, the only time he played 16 games was in 2018. Then he's played in four games, 14 and one so far this year, so I I really see this, Mace, as being great news for Von Miller because before the end of the season, the Broncos are probably going to try to lock him down, especially if they're competing. That'll be a reason for Von Miller to stay. So I think this has this has big implications for uh, potentially more so the long term than the short term here.
2: Well, what this does is it puts the onus on Von Miller coming back probably on Von Miller. If Von were struggling, then there would be reasons to think, okay, Maybe you don't bring Vaughn Miller back. If, if Vaughn were struggling and Bradley Chubb were doing well, then maybe Bradley Chubb has become the alpha. But clearly Vaughn is still the alpha, and that means the decision is on him. If he likes the direction of the franchise, likes uh, where they are in December, then maybe you can get a deal done. If he's skeptical about uh, what's coming next, then a deal might be uh, t- tougher to, to find between Von Miller and the Broncos. In the short term, that depends on Teddy Bridgewater. If Bridgewater continues to play well and the Broncos say, okay, well, he might be our quarterback for the next two, three, however many years, and Vaughn believes in Teddy Bridgewater as he appears to, then I think that's something that kind of gets things set up for Vaughn to resign. And similarly, if, if Bridgewater is not the guy But there's every indication they're going to make a play for Aaron Rodgers. That, too, I think, helps Vaughn come
0: back. Now, that would probably be uh, he hits free agency or you don't re sign him until February. You're not re signing him in December. Because you wouldn't know. Yeah, you wouldn't have
2: that plan in place by then. It wouldn't be something where you could wrap your arms around it. Whereas if Aaron Rodgers is traded in February, he'd be traded in March, but we know that a lot of those. The, those March trades that are official then happen in February or in the case of Matthew Stafford, even January, that you agreed to terms on him. So you would know, so Vaughn would know that, and I think if it were Aaron Rodgers, then I think Vaughn would probably re-sign pretty quickly thereafter. But again, it, it would be about whether Vaughn wanted to.
0: Right, right. So Mace, I have a couple questions for you about this. Is uh, the Vaughn-Miller and Bradley-Chubb duo experiment – failed yes as of now it is it is it, it, yeah. it,
2: it did fail and it didn't fail because uh, because either one was unwilling it, and you know don't i don't want to hear the words bradley chubb is a bust because as tyler palumbas note on twitter and something i've said over the years you're a bust if you if you fail just because you're not good enough or your desire isn't there. Like past, Paxton Lynch is a bust. Yeah. Right. Jarvis Moss is a bust. If it's injuries that doom you, you're not a bust. It's just sad and unfortunate. But you're not a bust,
0: right? Right, and that's why I didn't yeah. phrase it that right. way. But but I think you're right. I, I don't think you can look at this and say that that the Broncos using uh, a top five pick on Bradley mm. Chubb was successful. Yeah. A, as of right now, he's going to need to stay healthy, and him and Von Miller together, because that that was also uh, a very enticing thing about Bradley. It wasn't just getting a, a top five pick as a pass rusher; it was being able to pair him with Von Miller and leading the league in sacks. Makes they haven't done that. They they haven't mm-hmm. even they haven't been close. I mean, Bradley has one double-digit sack season, and in that time, I believe, Vaughn has one double-digit yeah. sack season as well. Well, so. on
2: his way to another, but it looks like it's going to happen By mostly himself. without right. w- without Bradley Chubb. Yep, exactly. and, uh, and unfortunately, exactly. that means the name Josh Allen yep. is going to It's never going to go away. ring throughout the valleys and hollows of Broncos country. Yep. Uh, it's Is it fair to Bradley Chubb? No, but... Right. It's something that has to be brought up in this discussion, in part because the Broncos literally had Josh Allen in their midst for a week down in Mobile and decided that they didn't want they didn't want him at quarterback.
0: Just like uh, Justin Fields and Mac Jones are always uh-huh. going to be in the conversation when we talk about the pick of Justin or of, of Patrick Sertan. Let's hit a super chat to end mm-hmm. off this conversation it comes in from Greg he says talk about injuries did we sign Micah Kaiser as a temporary replacement for Jewel or will he be behind Stranad uh, and or maybe will he be special teams um, yes well he's going to just add depth there uh, to my understanding, May. So don't expect him to take a big role this weekend, uh, and also a big role on special teams as well. He he's been a, a special teams guy, and obviously that's a place the Broncos need help. Thank you for the super chat, Greg, and thank remember
2: you. remember Kaiser started nine games for Brandon Staley last year in Los Angeles.
0: Yep, and I think very comfortable with
2: that's that. That's the scheme. key thing. He knows what he's doing in the scheme. Had some flashes. That being said, you know he was. Available because he was on the Rams practice squad. Yep. Right now. So the, he's depth. It's good to have him in the building, but Micah Kaiser is not coming to save this team. To use the old cliche of John Fox that no one's coming to save us. Yes, the the oh. the sa- any saviors are coming from within yep. and are already there.
0: Yep, and got a one year six hundred thousand dollar deal, so you're not paying them millions of dollars. And
2: and that's a key thing is you you weren't gonna give someone that you brought in a big contract. I know on the edge people have have said what about Clay Matthews? On the in, on the inside, someone suggested to me on Twitter, oh, what's trade for C J Mosley? A thing that is key here is. Every All that cap space that you have this year, you carry over to next year. And George Payton does not want to spend much of that cap space filling holes on the roster right now because if Teddy Bridgewater gets a long-term deal, you're giving him a big contract, so you need the money for him. Or if he's not the guy, but you're making a play for Aaron Rodgers or maybe another veteran who could be available like a Matt Ryan perhaps... You're going to need that money for that veteran quarterback as well. And so that's why you're not seeing the Broncos look to make moves here that have a huge impact on their salary cap. They want that savings to carry over because they're going to need it in the spring one way or the other.
0: Yeah, and you're just not going to be able to find guys that you're paying $10 million right now anyways. But, guys, this Sunday, we've got the coolest tailgate in the country. Dare I say the world over at Empower Field at Mile High. It is going to be awesome. We're going to have all-you-can-eat sexy pizza. We're going to have so many Breckenridge brews there, and you get to hang out with the DNVR fam. And if you want, you can even get a ride from the DNVR bar down to the tailgate and then back after the game to the bar and all of that for only 30 bucks. If you already have a ride to the game and you just want to go to the tailgate for all that pizza, the beer, and to hang out with us, it's $20. bucks. you are not going to find that deal anywhere. I mean, it's going to cost you more to park than it is for this entire experience. And, guys, it is going to be so much fun. We're going to be doing these all throughout the season. But this one, the Very first one in so long that we've been able to have a tailgate. It is going to be popping. So how do you get tickets? Well, go to thednvr.com to get your tickets, or you can go and find the link on our Twitter page. It's our twin Pete on uh, pinned tweet. There we go. On DNVR Broncos Twitter. Click on that, and you can get hooked up with your tickets. It is going to be so much fun and also just a fantastic deal.
2: thought you were gonna say twin peaks there Uh,
0: no like the old television show yeah no twin peaks here mace
2: yeah you know what there are gonna be a lot of cans of breckenridge brews over at the tailgate in addition of course to the sexy pizza by the way whenever anyone says sexy pizza i think of of borat saying that's sexy time (laughs) (laughs) have a sexy time with sexy pizza exactly with us anyway but you'll also be able to have a fun time with uh the, the cans of Breck Brews over there. And those cans probably came from right here in the Denver area, right over in Golden, from our friends over at Ball, as in Ball Arena, as in the Aerospace Technology Company, as in the world's largest aluminum can and packaging manufacturer. And here in the Denver area at their plant in Golden, they need help. They have floor manufacturing positions for production technicians and other roles available because they need to make more cans. Last year, Ball made over 101 billion cans, including the one in my hand right now. With That's a, a B. With a B, 101 billion. So Ball is hiring production technicians to make even more cans because they're adding line capacity to their 400-person plant in Golden. The demand for sustainable aluminum beverage cans is greater than ever and more than that if you've consumed a beverage in a can it's been from a ball aluminum can like my soda right here and aluminum it's highly sustainable 75% hey. of all aluminum ever produced on the earth is still in use in aluminum is infinitely recyclable which is why ball thinks it is the future is the material of the future pardon me it can be reused and remanufactured forever and so that's why they need help at their plant your aunt works there she raves about the 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 the, the, the treatment of employees and the cut in the atmosphere over at ball and the workplace culture so if you want to get in on that change your career do something different and be unstoppable at ball check out hashtag work at ball online and to apply for a position at their aluminum can plant text golden to 77222 or go to jobs.ball.com and search for golden that's jobs.ball.com and search for golden or text golden to 77222
0: you guys have probably been getting ripped off by your wireless carrier for years now because that's what they do. They, they get you in with a good deal, and then after six months or a year, that good deal is gone, and you are just stuck in a contract. You are stuck paying so much money for your wireless service. But here's a deal that will never go away. It's not just a gotcha deal, and then it, and then it goes away. It's $15 a month for cell phone service over at Mint Mobile. $15 a month gets you unlimited talk, unlimited text, and data as well. And then you can you can get more data if you want, but you'll always get unlimited talk and text starting at $15 a month over at Mint Mobile. And you're saying, well, what's the catch, Zach? Well, there is no catch. It's just the exact same service. Literally, they use the exact same towers as the big wireless companies. They just don't have any stores. No one's going to stores anyway. So you don't need to go to a store to do this, what you do is go to mintmobile.com dnvr. You sign up. What they do is they send you just a little card in the mail. comes with a new SIM card. You put that SIM card into the phone that you already have, and boom, there you go. You download an app. You take your own number there. You get to keep your contacts. You get to keep everything on your phone, and boom, you get fantastic cell phone service starting at only $15 a month. If you have a family, you can do this for everyone, and you'll probably be paying less for the entire family plan than you are for just one line. So make sure to check them out over at mintmobile.com DNVR. I've done it. I have it. It's fantastic service. And guys, it takes just a couple minutes to go online and place your order. And then it literally takes a couple minutes once you get it in the mail to put it in your phone. And then you're saving, uh, you know, maybe even near a hundred dollars a month for the rest of your life. So check them out. Mintmobile.com slash DNVR. Well, Mace, we got to look toward the future now, and the future is playing the 0-2 lousy Jets. And there's a game plan to beat these Jets. It's a pretty easy one, but let's hop into our whiteboard, our Wednesday whiteboard, to break it down right now. Kale's pulling it up for us. All right, here we go. First key, coming from Zach, attack, Zach. The that's Broncos, Zach with an H. That's That's Yeah, it should be attach. Zatch, oh, because gosh, that's wow. how it should be uh, Attach yourself pronounced. to, to Zatch. That's <laughs> yeah. your
2: instructions to Von Miller, Malik, Reed, and company.
0: Exactly, mm-hmm. yes. And if you're a fan of Zach Wilson, you may want to detach yourself from him because this game is going to be rough. Mace, we talked about pass rush a lot in the first segment. Mm-hmm. And the Broncos' pass rush here is should be absolutely killer. There's no need uh, for... Vic Fangio to drop seven guys. They should be bringing seven guys. And even when they don't bring seven guys with Von Miller, with Malik Reed, they should still be getting home. And how about Draymond Jones? That's a guy that also needs to step up.
2: Yeah, and Draymond's had some pressures, but they haven't resulted in sacks yet. I was hoping that he would have a sack in front of his his old coach urban Meyer uh, there on that, great. That, that didn't quite happen given some of the pointed words that uh, Draymond Jones had regarding urban Meyer but you can get pressure on him but you mentioned bring seven you don't always have to bring seven but maybe you have times where you're showing a seven-man rush and then you're dropping back you've got you've got eggs rushers dropping into coverage bringing guys from other directions generate pressure on him make him uncomfortable but also try to uh, confuse him a little bit, and that's and that I think is going to be part and parcel of the of the pass rush is making sure it's not straight. It's not a straight up, just send everyone an attack. It's give him things to think about, think about because at this point he's really struggling to read defenses. Yep, it's gonna and part of it is he's had he had a huge leap coming from BYU to the NFL. Of course, last year BYU had that great season, but how many good teams did they play last year? It was a soft schedule because of COVID. I mean, really the biggest challenge coastal. that he had was against coastal Carolina and he struggled against the Chanticleers on that beautiful teal field in Conway, South Carolina. So I, th- I think the the, the the growing pains are, are are natural here. And I also but I would also say this, I think the jets look a lot like the 49ers of 2017 which means it's not a talented roster, and yeah. it's a slow build. Yeah. It's going to get better. It's going to take some time.
0: Yep, it, it is, And but don't give Zach Wilson right. any time back there. Just attack. And Before we get to our second one, anyone watching live, I want to know what you think the Broncos need to do to really not just get a win here, but to blow them out. So hit us up in the comment section on YouTube, and we will pull those up. All right, now let's get to our second Whiteboard takeaway here, and it is Bewilder Wilson. Yeah. Kind of like goes along those yeah. lines, Mace. Make him confused. Don't yeah. don't give him any time to think back there. Now, one of the things that, that Trevor Lawrence was able to do was the Broncos tried to confuse him last week a little bit. Mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence, very cerebral guy. Him and Mac Jones, way ahead of the rest of the rookie class in terms of their ability to diagnose a defense mm-hmm. uh, and, and make quick decisions coming into the NFL right now. Zach Wilson... Not one of those guys. Like you said, he's coming from BYU. Uh, He's extremely physically talented, but still learning the game and and very much behind where Trevor Lawrence was. So confuse him and be successful with that and just do that all game. Mace, not only is he going to have Von Miller in his face, you should be changing that defense up Mm -hmm. on him often, but also... He's going to have the extremely lit up in Vic Fangio's words crowd there that should just give him a nightmare.
2: Yeah, you recall back in 2018 when Fangio was still the defensive coordinator – for the Chicago Bears and they had that game plan against the the Rams and Jared Goff that confused Goff like they were yep. you know sent they, they yep. were they were making changes uh, after the speaker had gone had gone off in Goff's ear so Sean McVay couldn't communicate that to him and what did Bill Belichick do in the Super Bowl Exactly what Vic Fangio and the Bears defense did. So I think this is going to hold them to like six points in that Bears game. Yeah, and then three point, and then three points in the uh, Super Bowl. So I think it's going to be the same thing in reverse here. Instead of Belichick borrowing from Fangio, I think you're going to see Fangio mimic a lot of what Bill Belichick did with the Patriots defense last Sunday. The circle of NFL life.
0: Yep, it's uh, two it's, defensive it's tough, stages Wilson. barring from each other. Yep, exactly, and they got six points last yeah. week. So again, that would be a very good outcome. Six points and four picks. <laughs> I mean, pretty darn good. And, and, and one some point, of those picks weren't close. I mean, no, he's he just tossing the, them up. Yeah, it's like, what are you doing, man? Yeah, and that's exactly what the pressure and confusing mm-hmm. Zach Wilson should lead to. I mean, Mace. Well, we'll do this in our Broncos pick them at the end of the week. And by the way, you guys got to check that out. It's, it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. It's a different piece than what we've done in the past, but we drop it on Fridays or Saturdays and we go through and pick some games. We also pick a lot of props in the game just to give you an idea of how we think it's going to go. And you can get those odds over at DraftKings Sportsbook as well. All right, let's get to our third key for beating the Jets, and it's establish the ground game. Mace. Pretty simple, but the Broncos haven't been able to do this really. Now, Melvin Gordon did hit over 100 yards in the first game thanks to a 70-yard run. Mm-hmm. Javante Williams at the end of the game kind of picked up some yards that to make his stat line look a little good, pick, picked up over 50 yards on the game. But this is something that is quietly a big concern. And I don't think it's on the running backs. I think it's on the interior of the offensive line uh, and and the rest of the offensive line, but really the interior of the offensive line to to create some holes. Look, a a running back is only going to get two or three yards after the holes are closed. And if there's no holes, then he's only going to get two or three yards per carry because that's all he can find. Now, if the offensive line can create two or three yards of separation and then the running back gets two or three yards after, then that's when you talk about, four to six yards per carry and that's what we have not been able to see these first two weeks I don't want this to be a question going into the Baltimore Ravens game and the Pittsburgh Steelers game against those defenses, Mace, is if this offensive line can open anything up on the ground, that's going to be scary. We need to see this ground game. As good as Teddy Bridgewater's been, I know that he can be good now. So that's proven. I need to make sure that this ground game is good.
2: This is the third straight week that you have seen an opponent that had somebody really strong up front. Of course, you had Leonard Williams in week one, Josh Allen on the edge in week two, and you've got and Williams who had seven sacks last year yeah. was very very good against the run in in this game and so William and, and williams this might look a lot like week one where you had the guy on the interior kind of breaking things right. down from within maybe you have graham glasgow back on on sunday i think that would help in particular in pass protection but we're all but we're talking about run blocking here the holes need to be there on a more consistent base. Basis than they have been. There were a couple of runs on Sunday where I felt like you didn't see you didn't see the decisiveness from Gordon and Javante Williams. You know the the hole wasn't there and they didn't flash to it. So it's not completely off of the running backs. They could do a little bit better, but by and large, the gaps that you're looking for have not been there. Broncos need to do a better job of, of setting that up and. I have to say, I know Vic Fangio kind of talked about the opponents kind of you going to extreme measures to to stop the run. I think that's overstating it a bit, with okay. all due respect to Vic Fangio. And I th- I think there are I think is there that are him things, protecting his guys a little bit okay. And I th- I think there are things that his guys up front could do better.
0: And uh, just to, just to emphasize just how. Really poor Mm -hmm. they've been until the fourth quarter where the game's kind of out of hand Mm -hmm. and the Broncos have just bullied them all the way. Uh, In the very first game against the Giants, Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon averaged 2.8 yards per carry and 2.4 yards per carry. Uh, Bad, very Mm. bad for the the two of those guys. Uh, And then in last week's game in the first half, Javante Williams averaged 2.6 yards per carry Melvin Gordon averaged 1.6 yards per carry. Very, very bad. A 2.1 yards per carry in the first half. Uh, for pretty much both of those games, will not get it done when you're playing good teams. So that's why I want to see it turn around. And like you said, Mace, they have a challenge this week. They're gonna have a challenge next week with Calais Campbell. They're gonna have a challenge week after with the Steelers' uh, offensive or defensive line. Maybe you catch a little bit of a break. Although Carl, Carl Nassib uh, in the the Raiders' mm-hmm. front seven is actually looking better than people thought. And then the next week you turn around against the Cleveland Browns and you've got Miles Garrett and uh, you you also have um, oh that former number one overall pick. Why oh, can't Jadavian Clowney, Jadavian, Clowney um, yeah. so just really tough there. I mean, it doesn't get easier. They've had tough tests, but the tests aren't getting any easier coming up. All right, let's... Yeah, well,
2: actually, one, real quick, one thing. Oh, yes. First three quarters of the game. Yep. How many yards per carry do you think the Broncos are averaging?
0: Um, in both games combined. Combined, yes. I'll First say th- I'll say uh, two and a half.
2: Three point seven, mm. which isn't bad, but that puts you firmly in the bottom in the bottom twelve teams. Yep. of the league in terms of per carry average you want to get you want to get that average to about i think if you get to, to four and a half you're feeling pretty good
0: well mace yeah. where does it uh where does their halftime rushing rank uh in in terms of the rest of the nfl because if, ha- halftime if there wouldn't I be
2: any runs at halftime
0: up until half. wait what do you oh, mean you up said, until halftime okay you well, said up until the third quarter right? I, I said through the third quarter yeah, Yes. so up two half yeah because you
2: mentioned the first three quarters earlier that's why I was looking that up I and, mentioned the
0: first th- those were yeah. all the first uh two yeah. quarters yeah
2: first half they're 29th 2.6 a carry
0: exactly yeah. and that's when the games have have still been in check the Broncos have kind of pulled away and, and kind of just dominated in the second half uh that's 2.2.1 Two point six. Two point six. That is very concerning. I mean the the third worst. They've got to they've got to get off to a hotter start on the ground without a doubt. All right, Cale, let's hit this last one here. What the Broncos have to do to beat the New York Jets and Mace. Beat down the Jets early.
2: And I think that starts with not making mistakes. Don't don't give this team a reason to believe that it can come in here and pull off the upset. So defensively it's establish your dominance early offensively put the jets behind the eight ball make them one dimensional with that one dimension being zach wilson having to go back and 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 look downfield and be confused by the coverages don't give this team any reason to believe that this is their day Uh uh-huh so come out bring the sledgehammer early Get them in, get them in a two-score hole. I'd say probably by early in the second quarter, and then you're going to dictate the terms of the rest of the game.
0: Yep, yep, exactly. And it kind of goes back to the last one: establish the mm-hmm. run, get off to a hot start on the ground early, beat them down, wear them mm-hmm. out before halftime, Mace. And on top of that, not just to give them no hope, um, because bad teams, when you give them a little bit of hope, they can they can turn it around and, and ride on that. But also, get your fan base in it. Be up 10-0 at the end of the first. Mm-hmm. Be up uh, 24-3 at halftime. And then also, I, I mentioned this yesterday, but dominate the scoreboard like you've dominated the games. The Broncos really have dominated both of these games. The scoreboard has been pretty dominant, but not as dominant as they've actually been on the field. Let's see that reflected. Let, let, let's have a 35-6 game. And this one, and that's when that's when if you really want the nation to pick up on you, mm-hmm. that's when the nation will is when they're saying, "Whoa, Broncos are beating guys by four touchdowns." Well, now.
2: the other thing also that comes into play is everyone's excited about this game, but if it goes sideways, people are going to get real nervous real fast because there's still uh, a kind of fan version of PTSD regarding the last four seasons yep. of Bronco football, and. If the Jets come out early and get some momentum, then you know people are going to be flashing back to all the frustrations of the last few years, and that's where a home field advantage, believe it or not, can come become a home field disadvantage. Mm. People start saying, oh, no, here we go again. And, uh,
0: and you don't want that in your first you, home you game don't with want fans that. in two years.
2: Exactly. You don't want that, but it would be understandable if you got off to a bad start if people felt that way it's been a rough row rough go here in bronco's country yep and we're all products of our experiences products of the things that we've done products of the things that we've seen so it would be only natural on a visceral level if the jets did say break out to a 10-3 lead or even maybe got to a 13-3 lead or something oh, like that for no. people to be nervous and saying oh no uh oh and you can kind of feel that murmur you know being an Atlanta yeah. Braves fan I know what that sounds <laughs> like especially uh, in in clutch games so you don't want to do that Rockies Duh. fans understand that too Yeah well they do they do so you just you don't want to you don't want to have that sense going through the fans in the stadium you want to allow them to rebuild that confidence
0: yes and uh,
2: don't give so there's a lot of reasons why you don't want to give the Jets reason to hope at the start and part of them is your own fans
0: exactly and Mace kind of some some news coming out right now from New York which just builds on everything we said of our our keys to this game Zach Wilson is dealing with a groin injury but Salas said he will be a full participant in practice and not worried about him just more reason to to pressure him, make that groin. not. You don't want it to act up, but he, he's going to be a little limited in, in his running ability. So get to him, confuse him, beat them down early, give them no hope, and get to 3-0. and oh, That is the Broncos formula for doing that. And if you need a formula... For taking care of below the belt, well, I've got it just for you. Here's what you do: you go to manscape.com, you get the lawnmower 4.0, you get the performance package 4.0. Because not only we get you the lawnmower 4.0, but you'll also get the crop reviver, which is a toner, the performance boxer briefs, the crop preserver, which is a ball deodorant, a travel bag with all your goodies. And guys, I could go on and on about how good this lawnmower 4.0 is. Sometimes you're a little worried about getting nicked when taking a razor down there not with the lawnmower 4.0 not with their advanced skin safe technology you can do it in the shower because it's waterproof you can do it in the dark because it has a light you can do it out in the wilderness because it doesn't need to be plugged in it has wireless charging capabilities and the battery on this puppy lasts for so long and if you use the code dnvr over at checkout.manscape.com, you'll get 20% off Plus free shipping. So make sure to check them check them out because they have so much more than just all of that as well. They they have uh nose and ear bl- uh trimmers, which is the weed whacker. They've they've got so much. Check them out over at manscaped.com use the code DNVR.
2: Also check out friends over at Solace Meds. They've got some hot deals in September. Of course, it's been hot out there most of the month. Not today, but it's warming back up again. And so hot deals for a hot September at Solace Meds include Can America Gummies, 25% off. Strains Tinctures, 20% off. Rockin' Cartridges, 25% off. Glacier Concentrates, 20% off. And if you head on in to any of their four locations, one in Fort Collins, one in Wheat Ridge, one off Broadway in Denver and just one one blocks away from the DNVR Bar in East Colfax. If you go to the locations, you can get a free Solace Bars or King Cone when you mention the DNVR code 20. That's any location of Solace Meds. Head on in, mention that code DNVR20 to get 20% off and a free solace bar or king cone. Here's how you do your shopping at Solace Meds. You go online at solacemeds.com, S-O-L-A-C-E, meds.com, view their menu, order online, and then go to your nearest location at your convenience and pick up from there. And of course, if you use that code DMVR20, not only do you get 20% off, not only do you get the solace bar or king cone, but then you let them know that your friend's at DNVR Sanctuary, Of course, there's no better way to support DNVR than by supporting our partners like Solace Meds. So check out Solace Meds, S-O-L-A-C-E, meds.com, with four locations in Fort Collins, in Ridge, one off Broadway, and one just blocks away from the DNVR Bar in East Colfax. And get 20% off with that code, DNVR20.
0: And speaking of codes, I've got the best one yet. Code DNVR25 over at Stravacraft Coffee will get you 25% off your first purchase of this delicious CBD coffee. Guys, it wakes us all up in the morning, keeps me going in the afternoon. One thing that's fantastic about StravaCraft Craft Coffee is for a lot of people, it gets rid of the coffee jitters because of that CBD infusement. And the CBD also helps relieve aches, pains, headaches, migraines, anything that's going on with your body it can help relieve you guys know how how beneficial CBD can be and you get that in a cup of Joe which is delicious by the way they have some great flavors too the marshmallow one mmm delicious so make sure to check them out over at Strava Craft Coffee use the code DNVR25 to get 25% off your first purchase and then subscribe to Strava Craft Coffee and you'll get 20% off the rest of your life on any order made with Strava Craft Coffee and you can have it even delivered straight to your door as often as you want every 2-4 six, eight weeks, however often you want, it'll just show up at that 20% off. So make sure to check them out over at StravaCraft Coffee and use the code DNVR25. All right, Mace, let's talk to the people and dive into the comment section on the another benefit of becoming a member go to thednvr.com. at the top of the page you'll see podcasts click on that click on broncos podcast click on the first podcast that pops up that's our most recent one scroll to the bottom and if you're a member of our family your comments will magically appear there leave one there and we will get to it on the following podcast and mace let's do that right now First one coming in from Ohio, Bronco Alex. He says, how many points should we score this weekend against the Jets to feel great about our offense moving forward? 27 points and 23 points in our first two games is solid, but I want more.
2: You want more, but I think you're going to be hard-pressed to get more because as much as we've talked about the Jets' offense and the struggles of Zach Wilson, their defense has actually held its own reasonably well. They gave gave up 19 points and 381 yards to the Panthers in Week 1. But then against the Patriots, obviously with a rookie quarterback in Mac Jones, New England only had 260 yards mm-hmm. in week two. Now they had 25 points in large part because you had Zach Wilson throwing picks, a lot, of, a lot of short fields. Nick Folk, of course, had, I believe, four field goals in that game. So they were forcing the Patriots to settle for three. So I think you're fine with this offense if it's basically where it is. And we've kind of talked about 24-25 points a game kind of being the the magic number for this team. Yes, these are, these are shaky teams, but so far you're on track. You're going to need more going forward against some of the better teams. But I think against a Jets defense that appears to be above average and I think a lot of that has to do with Robert Sala coming in there from San Francisco. If you get Twenty-three to twenty-seven points again. You're feeling pretty good,
0: Mace. I totally know what you're saying. You make good points, but Ohio Bronco, Alex, it wants to feel great about the offense. So to feel great, thirty. If they drop um, a thirty burger at home, everyone's going to feel real good about this. I'm offense.
2: trying to keep the expectations reasonable around here.
0: I well, I mean, twenty-seven <laughs> points. They were close at home against the Jet, Mace. That could even include a pick-six.
2: Okay, that's fine. I see I'm not I'm not factoring that in. I'm 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 factoring in points accounted for by the offense.
0: Well, maybe it's 37 points with the pick six. We'll see. Yeah.
2: Like, they could have had 30 against the Jaguars. I I still think they should have tried to score.
0: And people just want to see that. And so I think if they get 30 on, everyone's going to feel great about the offense if they're not already.
2: Yep. We have a uh, username change, by the way. We
0: do. Fantastic. Count
2: Locula is now Count Brigula.
0: (laughs) I love it. I even forgot that Count Locula was based off Drew. I didn't I I totally had forgot about well, that. Well, the just reason why I, Count had become uh, his own thing. Yeah,
2: the reason why I noticed this is I responded to his his message in the uh, in on the uh, website last night and I and I looked and I know it was Count Locula last night and today it's Count Brigula. So, yep. he's on board the Teddy train and the count says, "I hope this isn't a premature name change, but it seems pertinent." What should I eat at my brother's bar for lunch oh. on Friday? I'm heading there. As soon as I get to town, love to love the count. I'd go for the jalapeno cream cheeseburger myself. What about you?
0: Yeah. Mace, uh, you, you mentioned it in the comment too, but I like that. That's really good. But just, Add a couple more cheeses and mm-hmm. some grilled onions to it, and that's what they call the JCB. Or yeah. that's what they call the Johnny Burger. You get the jalapeno not the Johnny Bolan Burger, right? No, it's mm-hmm. just the Johnny Burger. You get that jalapeno cream cheese, the two other cheeses, and then grilled onions. uh oh, count, you're killing me. It sounds so good. Yeah,
2: that's so good, Nashville Joey. I heard RK bring up the 2017 loss to the Giants on Sunday Night Football. We were three and one, and the Giants were 0 and freaking five. We played a show the night before in Denver, and Scotty was asked to sing the national anthem at the game the next day. We got sent in a suite, got to go on the field, and I stood on the sideline with the players as Scotty sang the anthem. As we were walking back to the suite, I looked at him and said, Dude, I am so stoked we should easily crush the Giants. Going into halftime and watching Trevor Simeon, sorry Zach, throw one of the worst pick sixes I have ever seen. I realized I had made a huge mistake, one that I will never do again. The Broncos lost, the season tanked, and has been downhill since then. I will not look past a team again as no win is guaranteed. That being said, I'll be at the game, the tailgate, and the bar screaming my ass off and cheering on our beloved Broncos.
0: Yeah, I mean, the Broncos should not be overlooking the Jets. Even though they really should beat them, they should be figuring out how much they're going to beat them by, not if they're going to beat them. Uh, the Broncos are not, I mean, no team should really overlook any team, but the Broncos aren't good enough to overlook teams they, they, they just as uh, melvin gordon said if anyone needs uh a, any motivation to continue to work hard uh even with a winning record right now just look at the records the last couple of years they very bad and embarrassing
2: yep exactly they're, they're not in a position to overlook
0: anybody no no and hopefully when they're in a position to overlook people they won't overlook people exactly river vapecraft another great name coming in. he says yo dudes i just saw that justin simmons has graded out poorly over at pff i know the rankings aren't the end-all be-all but have you guys seen anything that concerns you and what's very interesting about this mace is pff has been the biggest fan mm-hmm. of justin simmons the past many years yeah
2: the thing is sometimes you're looking at uh, zone covers is especially and you may say okay this guy appears responsible but it's actually somebody else i think what's happening is it they they they're nicking him for mistakes that are coming from the linebacker position in coverage right guys getting behind guys getting behind the uh, the, the linebackers and that's led to and led to some open that some open territory if justin's pl- if justin's playing deep then it's not his responsibility to to get it, to get up to get up there like the member another example is um on the touchdown that Ster- that uh, Sterling Shepard had for the Giants in Week One, Justin, he's going, he he's moving in position to follow another receiver deeper. He's doing his job on that play, and they might have nicked him for that.
0: And so, I'm not concerned about yeah. Justin right now, but I do want to see the playmaking ability because you you don't pay a guy making the highest paid safety, even if it was just for a couple of months. But now the second highest paid safety uh, to be really good. You, you pay him to change games. And so I do want to see that moving forward, uh, and that's something we haven't seen.
2: But I think also you've had quarterbacks that are avoiding him too. Yeah, exactly. I, that, I, that's I think why the word, I'm not concerned, the word, yeah. but that's what I need to see. The word is out on Justin Simmons that you don't want to throw in his general area. His general
0: he, area should be like half the field. Yeah,
2: because it, if you give him a chance to make a pick – He's probably going to get a pick, and you're trying to avoid turnovers at all costs. Well, that's what I need to see. I need yeah. to see
0: those picks, baby. The great Holyo coming in. He says, hey, guys, I have a two-parter for you. First, do you think it's possible that they didn't punch it in at the end of the Jags game because they didn't want to expose the special teams even more and possibly give up another touchdown?
2: Well, that's possible at the same time. Oh,
0: that would be playing scared. That, I wouldn't like it.
2: Yeah, and and looking at kind of the, the, number, the numbers, how much time was left, and the chances of a comeback then, if anything, I would have wanted to score to get the kickoff coverage team back out there. <laughs> right, a couple more reps. Give them some reps because you score a touchdown, you're up 17 points, you're up three scores. They're not making up three scores in 60 seconds.
0: Yep, yeah. Even
2: if they get a kickoff return for a touchdown. Yeah. So
0: yeah, and then he goes on and says. Secondly, Mace described the Jags defense eleven or uh, er, Mace described the Jags defense elevenably. Reason place reasonably placed traffic cones. How would you describe the Jets defense? Love everything you guys do. Go Broncos and long live DNVR. Amen.
2: Uh, the the Jets defense is young. I mean in particular, I mean they've got uh, I believe they've got three rookie starters in the lineup. It's young. It'll make some mistakes, but they're 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 all they're, they're all over the place and I mean that in a good way. They pursue oh. and they're good. And I think they're pretty strong up front. I mentioned Quinn and Williams earlier in this podcast. It's a better defense than people realize. And they were playing some decent ball defensively down the stretch last year as well. You look at that game where they upset the Cleveland Browns and basically cost themselves Trevor Lawrence. Yep. It, that, that was a terrific defensive performance. So they've got some pieces over there. This is... And the Giants don't have a bad defense either, but I'd say this is probably the best defense the Broncos have seen so far. It's not saying all that much, but it's it's certainly maybe a, a half step up in class from the Giants back in week one.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. Next one from T Slice and NorCal. Great show as always, boys. Quick question. Can you bring a five-year-old to the tailgate on Sunday? Flying out Friday morning with my wife and son to go to the home opener on Sunday. It's my son and wife's first time going to Mile High. I am beyond pumped. I believe so. Yeah, I don't think there's any reason mm-hmm. why not. We cannot wait to see a tea slice in NorCal out here in the Mile High City.
2: Yeah, it's you know people are going to be having fun, but um, yeah, I think you're I think you're okay bringing the family to that.
0: Ab- absolutely, Mr. Undrafted says if each of you were to give a get a Broncos sp- or sports tattoo, what would you get and where on your body would you get it? I'm not getting one. Oh, and that's not the question. If you were that's fine. I'm answering the question. Oh look. no. I, look, I have a fear
2: of needles. I understand I have to get them for medical reasons, but I'm not getting them for anything optional. So Wow yeah. boo.
1: Yeah, boo me if you want.
2: It's that's that's my answer. I'm sticking to it.
0: <laughs> boo. Um, I would get uh Tim on one cheek and Peyton on the other cheek. Tim Tebow? Yeah, absolutely. Why not? You're kidding. It's so much fun. Why would you not get Tim? Oh, I can think of some reasons <laughs> <laughs> that I don't really don't want to get into here. Maybe the cheeks would be uh, a little inappropriate place to put those guys. Well, where would be appropriate?
2: Are you talking about getting a the tattoo of them or their numbers? Something about
0: them. Yeah, it can't just be a number.
2: Okay. Too boring. See, I, I think the number is kind of nice and vague. That's mm. why I would do the number. Yeah. Because... <sighs> Because, because let's say you're getting him on the butt cheeks. You know when that when when that ass is getting all wrinkled and shriveling in your sixties and seventies.
0: throw some. You, you yeah, want to be able to explain. Just the ta- throw some white tidies there. over it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Especially when you're getting old. I mean, the let's I, I, will do. let's
2: go beyond that. You're in your eighties or nineties, mm-hmm. and uh, you know you're, you're winding down, and you're in a rest home getting sponge baths. I mean, do you really yeah. want the the the
0: the the nursing home attendant to see that? It'll be something mm-hmm. to talk about, and they'll probably have seen much worse. Okay. All right. <laughs> Windy City Bronco says 2021 isn't looking good for Chubb. And I just saw he's getting surgery. I'm left wondering what makes sense for next year with his fifth year option. He's set to make 12.7 uh 12.7 million next season, which is on its own might be fine if he turns out returns to form. Of course, then we are in a position of having to re-sign him. It will probably be a much higher price. But do we maybe try extending him on a very team-friendly deal this year, like guarantee him next season at a similar price, but have it as part of a three-year deal where, he, where we can get out easy? Like, I imagine a deal that's $42 million over three years with $12 million guaranteed for next season. He, he gets protection for next season and a chance to heal. Broncos take a small gamble, but maybe get a bargain. I like yeah. what you're thinking, Windy City Bronco, but... There's no incentive for Bradley right. Chubb to take this.
2: Because he's already getting the money guaranteed because it's exactly. a fifth-year option. There's literally no reason for him to take this deal. The he, only reason uh, he, he would... You'd, yeah, have to there's throw no another, reason. you'd have to throw another $12 million on there, probably. And guarantees. Right. Because you, you, yep. you, you tear up the the fifth-year option and say, okay, instead of 12000000 million, we're going to guarantee you $24 million. Yep. And so... And, and I don't see the value of that, especially if Malik Reed plays well in the next few weeks... I, I don't see the value there for that, for the Broncos. Yeah,
0: I agree. I mean, you're, you're giving Malik Reed that type of money, if that's the case. Right.
2: Broncos squared. Watching Teddy throw the ball is an absolute delight. He has throws that have more zip than I anticipated. Any chance one could get a Teddy DNVR shirt and a long-sleeved?
0: Mm, I love it. Uh, We don't have those right now, but if we get enough interest, I'm sure we can get that How about up. Teddy hoodies? Oh, I love it. About, how about some Teddy gloves? Yeah. That's what we need to work on, our first set of gloves.
2: Because I'm, I'm thinking about something that is going to stand up when it gets cold. And so if you get the hoodie and you get the gloves, and then when it gets cooler over at mile high November and December, you can wear that as your outerwear and you're good to go. <laughs> yeah. layer, layer up yep. underneath and then you can show off your... Uh, your Teddy Two Gloves love. Oh,
0: man, amazing. Hip Hip You Ray says, Hey, guys, a conversation you had about splitting reps between Williams and Melvin Gordon I found to be an interesting one and it sparked a question. At the beginning of the season, you guys talked about how Gordon was getting paid the most and should be through and through the number one running back. From a coaching perspective, at what point in the season does the amount of money someone getting paid simply doesn't apply anymore and you just play the best players on the field regardless? I think this can apply to any position group, but I find this to be intriguing, particularly at the running back and corner position for this team. At what point does the coaching staff just play Sertan and Javante Williams over someone else? Thanks, fellas. Go Broncos. Well, Mace, I think that we're already at this point. Um, and I think from the the conversation that we had earlier about just the running backs numbers, it's not like Javante Williams is averaging uh, over double what Melvin Gordon Is averaging even if you take Melvin's seventy-yard run out, he's Mm -hmm. not blowing him out of the water. So the coaches, for a longevity standpoint, Mm want to keep this pretty 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 even. But they are at a point right now where yeah, they don't care who who's getting paid money. Uh, This coaching staff is going to just have the best person play.
2: Yeah, and of course Melvin Gordon had those garbage yards at the end of the first half uh, when. Teddy kinda of looked for him short. That was a pass though, right? That was a pass. Yep. But I mean right now that means that Melvin has has got seventy two more yards than Javante Williams and he's got two point four more yards per touch. And obviously it's goosed by the by by the by the explosive plays there. But the fact and on the run in particular, the fact that Melvin Gordon showed that explosiveness, yep. and as was pointed out by the advanced stats over at NFL.com, it was the fastest gallop anybody had that week. Yep. That explosiveness does come into play here, and Javante Williams hasn't had the chance to show that yet. So I don't think you're at a point where you're saying, yeah, Javante Williams should be taking carries from Melvin Gordon here. I think, I think the split that they've got right now, they've both touched the football 29 times. I think you ride that. Yeah. I, I haven't seen reason to change that.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that, Mason. When Ronald Darby comes back though, if Sertan plays mm-hmm. the way he did last week, this mm-hmm. week, there will be some uh changes in how that is. I don't I think hate Ronald. It.
2: I hated that that pass interference penalty happened because there was absolutely nothing he could do.
0: Yeah. I totally agree. I totally agree. Next one from Boucher all day. I'll be at the DNVR tailgate this Sunday. Can't wait to eat the sexiest pizza with the sexiest people and tailgating for this sexy team and celebrating another sexy victory with a sexy fan base. Sexy time. My question of the day is, do you guys think Drew is back next year? It feels like no matter if Teddy is here or not, Drew will probably be moving on next year.
2: Yeah. That's an interesting question. Um, because you can kind of look at potential scenarios here. If Let's say Bridgewater does enough to where he's getting like at least a short to medium-term contract that maybe guarantees the following two seasons. Do the Broncos say, okay, we're going to bring Drew back for another year? Or are they kind of looking on the horizon and saying, you know what? We could bring in a quarterback and start the, a young quarterback and start the clock again on the development process. I think there's a scenario where you maybe even go and take a quarterback late in round one with the intention of that player not playing for two years. Right. If you see enough from Bridgewater where you can go with him for the short to medium term, but you want to have somebody else developing. And if you do that, you'd want to do that in round one to get the fifth-year option. Unfortunately, kind of a thing that hangs over this, Zach, is by picking Drew Locke in round two rather than trading back up in round one to get him you don't have that fifth year option to keep him at relative cost control and that i think hurts the chances of Locke being around next year.
0: Yeah. I, I think so as well. And and maybe you, you send Drew somewhere else for, you know, a day three pick back to, to give him a new start uh and a fresh start because it it just doesn't seem like his future is here. And
2: if it's not Bridgewater, but if it's an Aaron Rodgers or a Matt Ryan or somebody like that, then I don't think there's room at the end for Drew Locke. At that point you are you're looking for a you know a a backup who is a clear backup. Right. Right. Or, again, somebody you're developing long-term. Because the problem with Drew Locke is after next year, then he he gets to a price point where you can't rationalize that for somebody who isn't starting.
0: Exactly. Melvin Bronco says, Hi, guys. Just clarifying yesterday's question on the run game. If you take out Melvin's 70-yard touchdown run overall they haven't really set the world on fire i'd like to see a game with steady flow of five to ten yard runs to get the numbers up cheers Melbourne bronco that's exactly what we touched on uh in, in the second segment and no better week to do this than this week when you should be able to dictate the game so i'm i'm right there with you the running game needs to emerge
2: it does need to emerge and uh you wonder when the opportunity for that is going to come because, of course, we talked about how the Jets have been decent against the run, and then you look at the the Ravens coming up in Week 4, and they've allowed 72 rushing yards a game so far this season. Mm-hmm. Despite, of course, they faced the Chiefs last week, but you've got Josh Jacobs, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, and you've got guys who can run the ball, who, who can put up some big numbers, and Baltimore's prevented them from doing that. So, And then you got Pittsburgh beyond that in Week 5. Yep. So it doesn't get any easier for the Broncos in terms of trying to establish things on the ground in the next three weeks.
0: Jason, 17, my boys, first of all, I'll be hitting the bar on Monday, not Tuesday. Hope to see you all there. Unfortunately, I won't be getting the RK special due to the reason of IPAs being absolutely miserably disgusting. You know what? I'm
2: glad finally somebody agrees with me on this. <laughs> I mean, an IPA is like, I might as well just have a blowtorch down my throat.
0: Oh, man. I'm sorry you feel that way. Yeah, I don't, yeah, it's just like, oh. Too much. <laughs> too hoppy. He says, but I'm looking forward to finally cashing in on a member beer for the first time. Now for Broncos Talk. would Jewel out, Sternad will be stepping in as a starter. Any chance we trade for a guy, possibly from the Cowboys or or someone unf- in free agency? Well, you found that out uh, this morning, what the Broncos mm-hmm. are doing in signing Micah Kaiser off the Rams practice squad.
2: Yeah, and I think if people are kind of looking at the big names because that's where – it's everyone's sexy. minds go it's sexy like sexy pizza sexy time all that but the bottom line is usually when you make these moves these are to find depth and to supplement what you have your backup moving up to be a starter that's almost certainly what it's always going to be so there you there you go and kaiser has the advantage in knowing this scheme so i think he'll be helpful
0: I I agree. Next one from Dan Berg says, Hey guys, with Vic saying Browning is still behind in his development at inside linebacker, what do you think about trying him at edge, similar to what the Cowboys are doing with Micah Parsons because of the injury to DeMarcus Lawrence? Browning was pretty darn good at rushing the passer in college, and he can let his natural athletic talent shine instead of having to read and react to plays as an inside linebacker. Plus, if Browning can thrive as an edge rusher, that's probably in the best interest for this team long term, especially now that Chubb's future prospects." with the steamer Shaky it's easier to find a capable inside linebacker than it is to dominate than it is to find a dominant edge rusher so it can't hurt to see if Browning can be that guy I think it makes a lot of sense what do y'all think
2: if Jonathan Cooper had not flashed like he did this summer I think this is something the Broncos would try but Cooper did so well that if Browning were to move to the edge he'd kind of he'd be behind Cooper as well as behind, of course, Malik Reed stepping into the starting lineup. And the other thing is, I think, with Justin Hollins, remember they were trying him at all these positions, and then he didn't quite stick, and they let him go, and I think there's some regret for letting Justin Hollins go. You really could, you really could use him right now, whether he was at edge or at inside linebacker. If they had consolidated him at one spot, He would probably be a backup team for this team, maybe even starting right now at one of those spots. Instead, they did him a disservice by moving him around. So I think in the same vein, they would do Baron Browning a disservice by moving him around. I think it's best to let him kind of find his way at inside linebacker and not force another position onto him.
0: I get major DeMarcus Walker scaries when reading this, and that freaks me out. Justin Hollins was the second one to have to go through this. Uh, If you want to do this, Dan Burke, and you move him to outside linebacker, then that's it. He stays at outside linebacker for the rest of his career. When he's on this team, you don't keep bouncing him inside and outside, especially his rookie year. That's exactly what they did with DeMarcus Walker. And they did it for this exact same reason, Dan, uh, is because injuries would pop up and they say, oh, we need him outside. Oh, we need him inside. You cannot do that with uh, baron browning keep him at inside linebacker unless you're okay with him being an outside linebacker for the rest rest of his time with you
2: Yeah, stop the moving around screwing around with the player stuff just let him be at one spot like you like you said zach mike 1809 fellas it's been a minute since i've been able to post thanks for killing the content over the past few weeks keep it up you're welcome thank you as excited as i am about many things for our broncos i'm concerned about our own line how would you rank each of our starters including muti both in pass pro and run blocking on a scale of 1 to 10. What's the average run blocking pass pro grade for the line as a whole? How do we stack up to the rest of the league? DMV Army salute.
0: Well, that's actually probably a good topic to, to break down in a first segment going yeah. going person by person. But Mace, how, how would you rate on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being the worst, 10 being the best, the offensive line run blocking as a whole?
2: Uh... Are we, What are we talking about? A C grade being five or seven and a half, like seventy
0: five. I uh, let's do five as average. So I guess C is average.
2: Yeah, I'm giving I, I'm giving him a C. Yeah,
0: I, I would I would give him a, a C minus. So I'd go a four here. Mm. Uh, and what about pass blocking?
2: Mm. Pass protection. I, I. You know what? I'd give him. I would have given them a, uh, a B for week one. C-minus for week two.
0: Yeah, I was going to say I'll, I'll go like a, a B-minus right there. Yeah. Um, so that's something that the offense can improve on is their offensive line play. You know
2: what? I've actually been a, a little bit disappointed in Bobby Massey so far in pass pro. Mm, yeah. I think he could be better. Yeah. He has been better in the past. Yep. Um, and, uh, and so that, that's something that, that concerns me. And Garrett Bowles, he's not playing like in all pro right now. No, he, he needs is, he needs to do better.
0: He is not, and I think the interior of the offensive line is playing worse than those two. So that just kind of yes. shows you where they are. They they can be playing a lot better. Mm-hmm. The Chad to round things out says, gentlemen, Bradley Chubb is getting surgery and is going to be out half the season. Is it worth keeping him on the roster? The best availability is ava- or the best ability is availability, and Chubb doesn't seem to have it. I would be inclined to trade him and take almost anything in return. How say you? You
2: don't trade somebody at their low point of value if right. you can help it. Not
0: good investment so, skills there.
2: Right now, so I wouldn't do it. The the time to trade him would be if he got back in the lineup and did well, but in the weeks where he was sidelined, you saw enough from Malik Reed where you say, All right, I can see a Von Miller Malik Reed combo with Jonathan Cooper backing them up. I can see that working. And so I think it's something maybe you consider in the off season if Malik Reed does well, but then Chubb goes back in the lineup and proves
0: he's healthy. And Mace, but right now, no, no. That don't that's do what it. I was just going to say is you you can't you're not going to be able to have that opportunity to trade him this year even because mm-hmm. he's not going to be back and showing enough for a, a team to trade a second round pick for him this year. It, it's going to have to be at the end of this season yeah. after the trade deadline, and then you'd be looking about trading him next year.
2: Yeah, let's face it, if. Uh, if the roads read lead back to Aaron Rodgers in the offseason, the Broncos may be thinking in terms of Chubb being a part of that deal.
1: Yeah, and how... It would make sense. But
0: how appealing is he going to be? I mean, it, it depends yeah. on how long he's out and how much he comes in and how uh, dominant he comes back, or, or right. else he may... If he, if he does
2: prove to be a good player when he comes back and he's healthy, then maybe that in terms of the trade value, take, say, a second-round pick right. yep. out of the equation. You can save a little draft yep. capital. Man, there. I hate
0: that we're talking about this, about a top-five pick, about, about a guy that had 12 sacks in, like, an eight-game stretch his rookie season. What a bummer, but something that's not a bummer.
2: Well, no, we got two more comments coming in. Oh, well, hit them. Yep, from Def Woo. My boys, or you should have said that. Sorry, I don't do as good as you. So, My boys! Well thank you. Not directly Broncos related, but what are your thoughts on the on the new NFL taunting rule? Is it is it a necessary addition to the rulebook, or just another example of the no fun league at work? I get the rules somewhat, but I also think the sports world is a better place with villains. What say you?
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a little bit of the no fun. Um, and I heard Ron Rivera did talk about it yesterday, and he said it's to prevent uh, bigger outbreaks from happening, from retaliation happening. So that's what the NFL is saying to me. Yeah, it's just no fun. It is. It is.
2: And uh, you know what? Sometimes things are going to happen. It's, it's an aggressive game. And you've obviously changed how aggressive you guys can be in gameplay because – of fines for various types of hits and so forth. So I feel like you have to leave some of that edge in it. I'm I'm okay with that. But then again, I'm somebody who looks fondly on things like uh, uh, Terrell Owens putting the ball on the star in Dallas 21 years ago. Yeah. Huh. And then... Emmett Smith doing the same thing in return, and then and when T.O. does it, it, tries to do it again, he ends up getting knocked off the star, and all hell breaks loose. I love that kind of
0: thing. That's well, and, fun. And let's speak of your fun. funness here from Broncos only. It says, "I'm so excited to watch the Broncos take on the Jets this Sunday." I've seen the Jets against the Broncos once before on October third. Don't look it up, Mace. I know. No. October I, I, I know, th- as he's as he's typing on his keyboard. How I'm can looking I trust up. Him? I'm
2: looking up another part of the story. I know the answer. This is easy.
0: So who? Yeah. Or Mace, can you name the franchise-altering tragedy that occurred that day? Yeah, it
2: was Terrell Davis getting hurt, right, when he was uh, trying to uh, make a tackle after an interception. Yeah, and then what happened after that? That's what I was looking up here. That night, Michael Silver, reporter now with NFL Network, then with then from Sports Illustrated, he uh, he had dinner with some Bronco players who were uh, who were not named, and. At one point in the meal, somebody somebody said, quote, we're finished, unquote. Oh. And then a few days later, on the cover of Sports Illustrated, there's a pic there's a picture of uh of the Broncos. Uh, I think it's Trell Davis getting tackled, and the big quote in the headline, we're finished.
1: Yikes. At 0 and
0: 4. Oh, yikes. And they were.
2: And and the article, I'm reading this from a story. There was a scene where a player pointed to a barrel of of microbrew vats over at the chop house and said, quote, see that big tank on the right? That's where I'm headed. Another player stood up during dinner, put a fork to his chest, and yelled, quote, we're done,
0: unquote. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Oh. That is brutal. Brutal. But something and, and, that's- and
2: Silver said 15 players had similar sentiments to one player saying, quote, we're finished. Oh,
0: wow. Yeah, yes. that's... Uh, but, I mean, they were right.
2: Yeah. But, you know, this team isn't finished this year.
0: It certainly isn't. Finished. But this pod is pretty much finished. But if you don't want to be finished with your career and your education, make sure to check out our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online. They are the new urban online university with learning outcomes, equivalent to -to face-to-face courses. And whether you're online or on campus, it's all the same degree to them. You get the same degree, the same quality of education. It doesn't matter where you are. So make sure to check them out over at MSU Denver Online. And Mace, that'll do it for us today. Thank you all so much for tuning in live. Thank you all so much for tuning in on the podcast section. Thank you all for all of your interaction. We will be back with you tomorrow to break down. Will the Broncos win? Will the Broncos cover the spread? Will the rest of the AFC West win this week? We've got a very awesome preview show tomorrow, so stay tuned. We'll be going live in the morning, so turn on those alerts. Hit us with a thumbs up on your way out. We really appreciate you guys rolling with us. We'll talk to you tomorrow.
1: Now understand that you A flying cotton would stick.